Hi, my name is Zara. And my name is Maisha. And you're listening to That's What They Said. Where we break down the them versus us narrative. Welcome back to a new episode of That's What They Said. If you're new here, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as Podbean. Don't forget to follow us and definitely subscribe to us if you want updates on our newest episodes. You can also find us on Podacy and you can echo your favorite episodes there. Yep. And also don't forget to follow us on Instagram at That's What They Said Podcast and on Twitter at What They Said CA. We would honestly love to hear from you, so please do not hesitate to give us a shout out on the socials. Mm-hmm. Now, before we dive into our episode today, we just wanted to give uh, an update on the coronavirus situation. I think by now, whoever is listening to this, they're well aware of it. Uh, if you're not, then get out from under the rock that you're in. <laughs> uh, but jokes apart, um, it is a pandemic. Uh, World Health Organization has declared it as a pandemic. Uh, a lot of you are concerned. A lot of you are reading a lot of information, including us. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just kind of wanted to kind of give an update. So as of now, which is in our case, this is um, March 14th, uh, 2 p.m. Uh, as per worldmeters.info, uh, there have been 155,858 cases mm. across 150 countries and 5,814 deaths. Um, in Canada, we do have almost 180 people who have been infected. Um, and a Canadian team of scientists has successfully isolated a strain of the coronavirus and grown samples in a lab to help study the pathogen responsible for the deadly global pandemic. Researchers are saying that, you know, this does not mean isolating people infected with the virus, but means scientists have successfully obtained a pure sample of the virus. And that just means that, you know, they're not able to kind of focus the mm-hmm. research on creating, coming up with the vaccine. vaccine yeah. Right? So there's some good news, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of you, you're probably right now either working from home or, you know, as, out of an abundance of like precaution, you're quarantining yourself. If you have come in contact with a patient or you have a loved one who has been affected by that, um, we're sending all our thoughts and uh, mm-hmm. prayers for those affected. We want to give a shout out to the doctors, nurses, and yeah. the healthcare staff mm-hmm. who are going out every day, day in, day out. Yep. And they're putting themselves at risk and they are the ones who are the true real heroes. Um, To all our listeners, we just want to say that at the end of the day, we have to be united in, Mm -hmm. you know, as a country and as a world, honestly speaking, right? Because it has affected so many people. So be united and don't panic. Panic is just not going to progress anything. Panic is going to... Preventative measures is the answer. Yeah. Do you want to like... Yeah, so preventative measures meaning, you know, practice really good hygiene. So make sure you wash your hands more often. Make sure you're washing it for 20 seconds or more. Mm -hmm. Sanitize when you can. Cough into your elbows. Cough and sneeze into your elbows. And just be aware when you're in... Um, public transit, public transit as well yeah. as in crowded situations and yeah. avoid them if you can like yeah. for example working from home or doing school yeah. from home I just learned SFA just school from home <laughs> but, but yeah. yeah and if you need some company while you're at home as to what you want to do listen to our podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to listen to updates for different topics mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so today we're gonna do a fun episode and for research guess what we did we downloaded TikTok Woo-hoo. where I where I'm actually pretty excited about it because I've been watching TikTok videos like 
well, I haven't been watching them, but I've been hearing about TikTok so often, yeah. and they're just like, popping up on YouTube and whatnot. And I was like, no, I'm too old for this. But I'm excited because we just downloaded TikTok, yeah. and we may or may not have an exciting video coming up on TikTok. We'll see how we feel. Keep an eye out on our Instagram page yeah. <laughs> to know what's happening there. Yeah, but basically, TikTok has become a huge, huge thing now. There has been 1.5, over 1.5 million downloads of billion. TikTok. Billion. Is it billion? No, yeah. it's million. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll confirm. <laughs> Okay, we just did a quick fact check and it's over or almost 2 billion downloads from its lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's a lot. That's a lot, yeah. I mean, TikTok is the mm-hmm. fastest growing social media app over Instagram and Facebook. So I think, as Ara mentioned, we kind of, you know, wanted to get on TikTok and <laughs> look what it's about. And as Zara and I were discussing about, you know, we were, we were kind of brainstorming what topic to discuss on. And we settled on, you know, we were drawing from the rise of TikTok and extending that to what that says about the generations that are the ones who are driving this phenomenal growth of social mm-hmm. media platforms, right? Which is millennials That's and us. Generation Z, yeah. which is not us. Yeah. No. <laughs> we missed it by like two, three years. Yeah. Um, so in today's episode, we will talk about the generational impact of these social media uh, platforms and what is, whether it's actually the other way around, whether these social media platforms have an impact on the generations. Mm -hmm. And the platforms we're going to talk about are Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, and how these platforms have become an option for a career path as opposed to lawyers and doctors Mm -hmm. and engineers, the more traditional roles that we are more accustomed to um, growing up. Mm -hmm. So there are several generations. Oh, and not to mention, sorry, before we jump in, even astronauts right or mm-hmm. you think about scientists and that's stuff. true Those yeah. which the... which used to be at one point like kind of the more dreamers yeah and, like outrageous yep. choices but even those are getting replaced yeah. by tiktok yeah. and youtube stars yeah. but yeah so there's a few generations there's many generations that we know about but the predominant ones that we hear about all the time is the baby boomers that's between the years 19 if you're born between the years of 1990 1944 and 1964 then there's generation x right after which is if you're born between 1961 and 1981 and then there's us millennials which is between the years 1981 to 1995 and then gen z who were born between 1996 and 2015 or 2011 it's, it's there's like different years out there in the internet but those are roughly the years that mm-hmm. are that encompass that generation yeah but so basically, what the observation that baby boomers and Generation X has been making about us, millennials and those younger than us, Gen Z, is that we're more progressive. We're, we're kind of like the diverse group, yeah, or the diverse generation. We're more open to more diverse groups of people, different types of jobs. We're more open to different types of ideas, and we also are less tolerant of discrimination of other kinds. We're mm-hmm. more caring of the environment. Yep. Which I, is why yeah. we're more acceptable to LGBT, right? LGBTQI rights. Yeah. yeah, exactly. More acceptable to minorities. And I think there's a lot more empathy mm-hmm. um, and understanding yeah. as opposed to what it was in Generation X and yeah. Baby Boomers. Yeah, obviously we, we live in a different situation that the, mm-hmm. they lived in. So maybe in one way you can say we have the privilege of thinking about things outside yeah, of just the point. basics yeah. like making sure we have enough food on the table mm-hmm. and um we have we, we kind of want to be dreamers right like yeah. we want to make the world a better place and we want to take less of what is given to us by the government and we want to do more mm-hmm. than the average yeah average what's expected of us right so going off of generations millennials us like at least we can speak for ourselves as the, as well as the people that we know we're kind of that transition yeah we're kind of like that transition era because internet the internet kind of like boomed while we were young teens yep. and now adults. Yep. So we kind of saw the growth of it. We know the we know a life where we 
didn't have the internet and social media and phones in our hand all the time, but we also know the life where like it's impossible to live without it. And and I think Kyle, you know, coming back to the progressive part that you even mentioned, right? Mm-hmm. As millennials, we are the generation that's also at this cusp, right? Where with respect to social uh, issues, uh, moral issues, uh, economic issues, so so socioeconomic issues, mm-hmm. I think there's just a lot more awareness, right? You think about how we 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 saw a world that was not necessarily as diverse with respect to race and religion or gender and sexuality, right? So we've seen how the world looks like when the minorities are not a part of the mainstream conversation. And now we're seeing the change. And Mm -hmm. a lot of us are even a part of that change with respect to how our mind is changing. So in a way, because we we know how the world looks like without that, and even though we were, say, in our early teens or mm-hmm. even like 10, eight, nine year olds, we knew about how the world looked like, right? With yeah. respect to representation on television yeah. and movies and television shows. Yeah, that's so true. Like, I think we didn't take, we don't take that for granted now no. because we know a life where we weren't represented. Yeah. We know a life where maybe we felt like we weren't as pretty or as important or yeah. we won't be able to achieve as much as, say, your average white person on television yeah. that yeah. we saw, which yeah. is what we saw, right? So I think, yeah, we're definitely that transition phase because we're kind of also stuck in the idea the old kind of thought of tradition is important like it's still you still need to go to school become a doctor lawyer or some sort of profession or get a job whether Mm -hmm. it's doctor lawyer but get a job that gives you stability yeah and we're also stuck in that phase where we're like but we want more than the stability we want to follow our passion yeah we also want to live life to the fullest we want to integrate a little bit yeah yeah so we're like that we are confused or we figured it out yeah i don't know i mean (laughs) i think I think I can speak for myself. I'm still confused. Yeah, I am too. Uh, but like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, as I mentioned, that there are like, I feel like there are two different types of millennials. One who's very satisfied mm-hmm. with the very uh, traditional uh, life, sort of. Yeah. And then the others who kind of think of like that more, we want to do something more. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that you become the world's, I don't know, next Albert Einstein, but it's yeah. just that you want more in your daily life, sort mm-hmm. of. And uh, beca- and that's because we are the transition generation, yeah. right? Whereas I think Generation Z, um, they are seeing a world that has, is, you know, where minorities have have gotten a bigger stage. Yeah. So Generation Z is like, they can't imagine how mm-hmm. it would look like when minorities, let's say, when LGBT rights are not accepted, you yeah. know? And that's okay. But, you know, I think because we, I feel like, I feel like because, say, eight, nine years ago, I could see that, oh, it's not really is acceptable. Whereas now mm-hmm. I can see a show like, Queer Eye being, you know, you yeah. know, shot in like Texas, in, which is like a pretty conservative area State, of the yeah. United States. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand, I can value mm-hmm. the fight that LGBTQ people have made to get to yeah. where they are, right? Yeah. So I, I think more like Gen Z, they also they they they're seeing that uh, opportunities that we as yeah. minorities or other minorities get, like maybe they haven't seen full equality yet at yeah. this point, but they're they're being they're seeing us point where it's like mainstream to fight for your rights yeah not and they're fighting that's not the right word but like you can fight for your rights yeah. and that's okay like your voice yeah. really matters yeah. and like you don't have to be afraid of the government as much yeah whereas we had our generations kind of like we were like oh wait we can we can revolt, so against, things, we can revolt yeah. against this but we also need to like think about yeah. this and this and this and this and it's like and I, it's great they have the courage but. and i think the one of the best examples of that is how gen z is driving the fight on climate change. You think mm-hmm. about the Friday school protests, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. who would have thought that 15, 16-year-olds can really uh, can really drive that change? You know, that's the thing. Generation Z is more likely to actually get out on the street and be like, hey, you can't do this shit anymore. No. You know, and that, that's commendable. That's really commendable. Yeah. 
so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, each, each generation has their own contributions to where we are as a world right now. Uh, but yeah, coming to like one of the most important characteristics of, I think, Generation Z and Millennials that mm-hmm. I think baby boomers and Generation X they're observing is... Um, Millennials and Generation Z are more entrepreneurial in nature. Yes, I would agree. Mm-hmm. And um, I think um, a lot of that argument comes from the fact, or sorry, a lot of that observation stems from the fact that, you know, Millennials and Generation Z are less comfortable with that the 9 to 5. 9 to 5, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I think um, on that note, I think they're, they're like Gen-, Gen Z and Millennials are definitely more entrepreneurial mm-hmm. because now it's not just that one one person in your group or the few people who've made it so far like say with um elon musk or whatever like we have this one person who's like a great innovator who's like making doing something for themselves but now it's like all of us can partake or all of us want to do small businesses Mm -hmm. so you don't necessarily have to be like a mogul yeah that which i think in previous generations there was like moguls and now there's like many many people just going for that small entrepreneurial enterprise yeah. because they want to be their own boss. They want to be in charge of their life. They want that flexibility. So they yeah. don't want that nine to five anymore. That 40 hour work week yeah. is it's actually weakening. Like, yeah. Yeah. Nine to five. I'm, I've had many discussions with my friends where they're like, well, I think the nine to five gets a bad rep and mm-hmm. this. And it's like, I agree for sure. Like it's definitely a systematic life. And it brings a lot of routine. Yeah. It brings a lot of routine. You get to like, everybody's always kind of free at the same time. So there's definitely benefits to the nine to five life, which that's like, obviously yeah. that's my millennial confusion right here. Yeah. Like, I want more from my life, but I also like really respect that nine to five yeah. life. But Gen Z is like, no, we need to like, they want to mix it up. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think like, even if, if I, I mean, I can speak from my own experience, but and I think Zara would have similar ideas because in the sense that if you think about, you know, Zara and I, we do like, Zara's an engineer, I work in consulting. We have a traditional job, but in my job, say, I have a lot of flexibility, I think. Um, but at the end of the day, the reason we started, the po- started this podcast is because we kind of wanted more. Yeah. We thought that we had certain creative ideas or content that we can create. We had more to say, mm-hmm. and that's how the podcast was created, right? Yeah. So I think that part that is that is what makes Generation Z and Millennials different from Baby Boomers and Generation X because a lot of us. I mean, there's still some millennials who are, of course, more traditional nine to five, and they're happy with that, and that's nothing wrong. But I think there is also a rising trend of millennials, and of course, Generation Z, who are who don't just want to save and live for your retirement. Yeah. They want to like enjoy the present and mm-hmm. enjoy the time and yeah. travel more, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, to millennials, I think work is less about the regular pay. Um. I mean, of course. They are, they're not opposed to making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one is. Yeah. But it's also about experience, right? Which yeah. is why I think in millennials and in Generation Z, you're going to see a lot more people in these two generations are going to be willing to try different career choices. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, I will enter that, for example, even though I'm a millennial, and as I said, Zara is a millennial, and we're doing this podcast, sure, it's our way of, like, exploring our creative choices. Mm-hmm. But... um if we, I feel like I am not, I can't risk just, you know, throwing everything and then just go chase one thing because I'm an immigrant at the back of my head. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, oh shit, like, you know, I gotta, I gotta hustle. I gotta pay for my stuff. Yeah, and, we you need know? to get a PR, we need to get our citizenship yeah. and the passport yeah. and then we can work on yeah. certain things. And like, similarly, what I think um, millennials at least are doing is they're kind of integrating the two. As I said, like we're that transition phase, yeah. right? So we are doing that nine to five job, but yeah. on the side, we're doing our... Uh, passion or our like side hustle right yeah. like, like us with our podcast and then on top of that like many millennials they have the entrepreneurial spirit yeah. so like I have many friends who are now working that 9 to 5 job and saving up and gaining that stability that they need in their 20s so that in their 30s and 40s they can like 
take their savings and then maybe do something of their own with that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, in a later age, they can do something like, say, I have friends in engineering, and they'll start their own consulting yeah. business later. So it's like, that's where like, they don't want to slave away their whole life. It's mm-hmm. not that 9 to 5 millennials want to slave away their whole life, but they want to be slaving for a period of time so that they can achieve something more because they still have that dream that yeah. most millennials and Gen Z have, like, we need more. Yeah. Yep. And, like, I think that's what's important in um, that Gen Z and millennials are doing now. It's like, they don't want to just... Work, they don't just want work-life balance. They want a work-life blend, mm-hmm. essentially. So, like, I think we were just talking about this, but in Vancouver, per se, there's already a good work-life blend. Like, we were talking about how our coworkers in the middle of the day decide they want to go on a bike ride yep. on the seawall. Yep. So they'll just, like, stop working for a couple hours and go for yep. a bike ride or yep. for a walk. And, like, because we have, this, we have the ocean right here. Yep. And it's, like, it's a great place. So that's becoming more important now. And I've noticed that employers themselves are also, like, encouraging them to yep. balance. But, like... When will the balance become a blend is when the Gen Z takes over. Yeah. And I think because you mentioned the part of the employers, I think now I th- be, the employers are recognizing that their workforce or the workforce that is joining them, right, mm-hmm. is changing with respect to the millennials and the Generation Z that they're hiring. Their re- employers are recognizing that, you know, a lot of our policies that was, you know, are quite dated in a way, right? Yeah. The generations are just so different. Millennials and Gen Z are so different than, say, the previous generations that with respect to, I think, um, flexibility, a lot more employers are being more flexible mm-hmm. with their work time, understanding the part about work-life blend, focusing on wellness, um, well-being, mental health, uh, diversity, because they understand that at the end of the day, I think, um, and I can, I know that it, I feel that, that at the end of the day, when you want to work for a company as a millennial generation Z, you want to work for something that you truly like believe in or mm. kind of like understand that this is what I want and this is what I do this is what I'm yeah, good at yeah like you're making an impact in the world yeah. is definitely what you want yeah um, so yeah I think like that's another thing that Gen Z and millennials want to do they just they want to play an active role in mm-hmm. social movements they want to play an active role in their communities in their even in their governments and they want their creativity that they have to not just be in the workplace they want that creativity to go out there and make an impact on different people and mm-hmm. They want to use that creativity to also get their paycheck. Yeah. Right. So I think for me, one of the first times I noticed that um, all these new uh, social media and all this stuff was um, being implemented to actually change the world was during the Arab Spring mm-hmm. movements, right? There was governments being toppled because of gatherings that were happening through Facebook, yeah. through Twitter. And it was just like such a phenomenon to me. And now it's like kind of become a norm. Like you organize protests and you organize um, like movements on social media and that's kind of been started by millennials and Gen Z yeah. in the same way like you were talking about the climate Fridays like it's almost being accepted now by schools that these children are these Gen Z kids are going to be taking off Friday so they can go to the streets and protest protest the government policy so they can, they can give more attention to climate change because it's their future right and I think what has to be like even in Bangladesh I know that in my high school in Dhaka um, kids have gone out and done climate fridays like protest like literally yeah. like got on out of class and they're like just you know are stand in the field with like signboards up so that that makes a stand yeah um because a lot of at least at least the media that we see is very i think western yeah um so but it's mm-hmm. also happening in other parts of the world yeah and that's right? a good point like kids these days are so aware I remember back in high school or back in junior high school, like it wasn't considered cool to be aware of mm-hmm. these social issues, or it was like it, if you were really smart, you were kind of labeled as like the nerd, or if you were really yes. popular, you were labeled as like the person who doesn't get yeah. grades. But now it's like we've we've kind of just like let go of the labels and been like, I can be good looking, smart, strong, athletic, as whatever well as you, whatever I want. I don't necessarily have to be good at math to be successful. Like there's, yeah. I don't have to be a bully just because I'm popular. Like yeah, all those the like, definitions high have changed. Yeah. Have changed yeah. Bless the Lord. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think um, one thing 
people are noticing about millennials, like about us and about Generation Z, is that we don't really sit still for long. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, we are not very habituated like our previous generations. And we like the idea of transformation or change and progress. And a lot of it actually comes from our use of social media because social media, not just the platforms we mentioned, but in general, because of the internet revolution, we are so, um, we have instant gratification. Yeah. So it's harder for us to be patient. Yeah. But according, but we're going to bring aside some statistics here. According to a study from Bentley University, only mm-hmm. 13% of millennial respondents mentioned climbing the corporate ladder to a chief executive or chief C-suite position as central to their career ambitions. Conversely, 67% say they plan on starting their own business one day. There's an entrepreneurial space. Yep, there you go. And then roughly 77% of millennials believe flexible work hours are key to boosting productivity and being happy. And 30%, 37% express their desire to work on their own. Mm-hmm. Now, see, both are like clear indicators that that entrepreneurial lifestyle Mm -hmm. is something that millennials can see. And that's where the work-life blend comes in because you're okay doing that job. But at the same time, you're like, hey, I also want to have the time to, I just don't want my day to be like, I come back from work and then I sleep, eat and repeat. But I also want to do a little bit of something for myself. So I'm building something for myself doesn't who knows that will it will it take off and become like the next youtube big thing whatever but you you, that self-satisfaction and that want for more Mm -hmm. but i think at the end of the day the study that we just uh cited it is uh u.s data Mm -hmm. so if uh, as and we were as we mentioned before that in the mainstream media there's a lot of talk about i think the western world and the north american uh in the north american context uh but a lot of change is also happening in other parts of the world in asia in africa in south Mm -hmm. america right you think about uh in our last season when we talked about government versus the people episode we're talking about the chile protest and guess who was who were driving the protest it was high school students they were pissed off about the rise in bus ticket prices so they were like we're not going to take it anymore Mm -hmm. you know so i think that you know, I, I don't think, I don't necessarily agree with the entire fact that, you know, only 13% of millennials say in Bangladesh, you know, mention climbing the corporate ladder. I would, uh, my personal experience and my opinion says it would be higher, mm-hmm. but yeah, we are sure. still seeing a rising trend of millennials across yeah. developing nations who do want, uh, millennials and Generation Z mm-hmm. across developing nations who do, uh, a greater percentage of them want something to create for themselves, yeah. an entrepreneurial option. Yeah, I think like the trend is the right word. So in, yeah. maybe in other parts of the world, such as Bangladesh, that trend is rising, but not mm-hmm. necessarily less, not necessarily 13% mm-hmm. who only want to rise the ladder. Yeah. Because I know in Bangladesh, it's like the standard of living is so much lower. So yeah. to reach a certain standard of living, one of the only ways to do that is by rising the corporate ladder, yeah. right? So you don't have that luxury or you don't have that, uh, you don't have that support from your government and the social environment where you yep. can just drop that corporate ladder yeah. and be like, I'm going to do my own thing. Which in one way, it's like if you have money in Bangladesh, mm-hmm. you can really do well in the entrepreneurial sector. Like yeah. if you have the support from your family or some savings, like if you start a business there, it's kind of like a catalyst. Like it yeah. goes. Businesses do really well there because yeah. so much lacking and so much want for new things yeah. there. But at the same time, the demo- considering the demographic and the social situation of most people, they can't do that. Yeah. Like, and unfortunately, I think, most of the people that have the entrepreneurial spirit are people already have some sort of money saved up or like extremely passionate. And I think that you mentioned a good word before you said the luxury. Because it, honestly speaking, it is a privilege to be able to, as a Generation Z, to be like, hey, we're going to go out and protest about a lot of things. Because yeah. A lot of countries don't have the um, political and social situation as in Scandinavian countries or European countries or North American countries where you where freedom of speech is truly freedom of speech. In yeah. a lot of developing countries, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. So 
so it's not an apples to apples comparison yeah, it shouldn't sure. be no. you know um but I think an underlying theme is that the younger generation, the youth of these countries, millennials and Generation Z, is they're harder to be oppressed mm-hmm. and they're harder to be shut down. Yeah, like they, you know? they truly believe that like there's power in people, right? Yeah, I mean, so they you believe think about... that the people of power is stronger than the people in power. So they think that they can topple the government, whereas maybe and before that, us, we're that, like, no, we have to cooperate so yeah. we can live a good life. And that has happened, right? Only a couple months ago in Sudan, it was the whole movement to toppled the 30 year old dictator mm-hmm. was led by the youth because they were like we're not taking your shit anymore right and yeah. for a country like Sudan and its military to be like you know I mean sh- like for them to get scared to the point that they're really to actually take off the dictator mm-hmm. put him down and then you know actually keep making him accountable that's a lot and that just goes to show for in the world that there's a rising trend that the youth is more woke to say (laughs) um and empowered in the sense that even in a conversation you can get away saying Mm -hmm. uh i wouldn't i would like to believe that you can get away saying sexist or racist comments because now millennials and generations they are more likely to either give you a weird expression Mm -hmm. that they're disapproving expression or they're going to call you out on it yeah right and then that understanding um so yeah i mean maybe for other countries like bangladesh uh, i don't know sudan pakistan nigeria kenya maybe there's not as much data Mm -hmm. but based on our communications what you and what we hear from other people from these countries we do see yeah there is a rising trend yeah pretty much and you know i find it really like interesting that back in the day or even now i guess governments are drafting young people into their mm-hmm. army so they can fight for the government right yeah. but here we have young people really having a mind of their own and being like no we're gonna do what we think is right clearly what we've been doing hasn't been working yeah for this long so we're gonna take matters in their own hands we're gonna change the way government works we're gonna change the way our productivity works we're yeah. gonna change the way we work work culture everything and like going back to the working from home as well as having a more flexible schedule like mental health right just quick bringing that in there but like having that flexibility in your work and not just being tied to your desk from nine to five and having at least the option that, yeah, I can take some time off and be a little bit flexible, maybe go to the doctor, maybe go pick up my kid or do this and do that. It makes you feel less anxious as a person. It gives you the capabilities to just, like, mellow out and, like, be happy, you know? Like, not be so resentful of your job. Mm -hmm. So that flexibility, and, like, I think Gen Z and millennials have realized that having that mental health, having a good mental situation is important for you to even be productive at work, for you to live a happy life, for you to, like... Just not be like miserable all yeah. the time. So, and I think there is a growing understanding amongst employers about these changes in the idea mm-hmm. and how evolved millennials and generations they are. Yeah. Who, and these are the generations that they're hiring from for their next generation of workforce. And this is a growing understanding amongst employers more in the Western world. I would assume. Uh, I would like to think. Uh, and that understanding. But at the end of the day, if you let millennials and generations Z be themselves you're probably going to unlock potential their true potential more creativity more um, creative ways of being efficient of being productive right Mm -hmm. so just going off of that actually so millennials and of course gen z especially gen z they're extremely comfortable with technology Mm -hmm. and like that's why they have that untapped potential right Mm -hmm. they're so comfortable with it they basically like popped out of their mother's womb and there was a phone that is generation (laughs) yeah almost yeah not us but like yeah generation z and the alphas following them right so like they're so comfortable with technology and they have this like extreme affinity for social media mm-hmm. they're they're not just like using it for fun and interaction mm-hmm. they're using it for like capitalistic opportunities mm-hmm. like there's they, they may be like building a brand they're building a profile they're um 
at first it's just posting pictures and doing collaborations, but then they go on to take that opportunity and maybe they'll start a course. Maybe they'll introduce a product that they're selling and then they'll make money from that, right? So first they build that brand and then they find ways to make money off of that yep. brand. So they're really smart. And That's very entrepreneurial. All very entrepreneurial and they're making the best of their situations. So they're just not satisfied with that nine to five or even just having a job or even just satisfied with posting on Instagram like many of us are. They want more from mm-hmm. it, right? And I think... That's where TikTok and Instagram and all that comes in. And you might be wondering, like, why haven't we talked about TikTok all this time? Even though we're calling our episode about TikTok, but that's where it comes in, right? That's how TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, YouTube mainly, before all of this, just, like, took off. And they took those tools and they just, like, went for it. Yeah. And I think it was a a poll that was conducted last year amongst uh, kids um under 18 among uh, across countries in UK, US and China and i think 37% kids in UK and US said that they wanted to be a youtuber or an instagram influencer mm-hmm. yeah. um whereas in contrast it was 18% kids in China and of course the sample was not huge enough to really capture the yeah. diversity in the population necessarily but uh, so it was not necessarily representative but that gives you an idea of uh, you know for kids that is an option they do mm-hmm. the, and but the reality of it is that it's not even though these have become career paths right like five years ago it was not necessarily a career path right right now people can actually say oh i'm an instagram influencer (laughs) yeah even though that is various person to person right what they're influencing or someone can say i'm a youtuber right and five years ago that was not necessarily a thing uh but a lot of people i see from our generation from generation z are doing that and when you think about that and how they're using that entrepreneurial spirit and they're capitalizing on it right Mm -hmm. they're trying to uh reap the opportunities that these platforms give them and exploit their creativity their Mm -hmm. innovation and maybe monetize it yeah but i think a lot one thing that would that that needs to be clarified here is that not every instagram influencer not every youtuber not every tiktoker (laughs) is successful Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time and effort to do that i think it's similar to becoming an actress or yes yes or becoming an actor or becoming a celebrity in general because that's kind of what they do too right they start out small roles they get big roles they get really popular and then that brand that they've built for themselves they use it to make write books Mm -hmm. they use it to become politicians they use it to do this and that and that's essentially what they're doing so what our equivalent of a celebrity is now a tiktoker an instagram or a youtuber and it's like they're actually entertaining like i could go watch youtube videos for hours or tiktok yes case right now tiktok yeah we downloaded it but yeah like they just they're just they're creating this personal brand and they're converting that equity into this lucrative lucrative opportunities such as books and speaking engagements and whatnot and the possibilities are honestly endless yeah Mm -hmm. so if you really think about it um these platforms right they're they're because say kids grow up to see like to look at think about like seven eight year old kids today now they're seeing that oh youtubers are so successful right Mm -hmm. and conventions yeah and previously you used to think oh like you want to make money you got to be like a uh, a businessman like a or doctor or lawyer or something like that right so mm-hmm. that's fair for kids to think oh i want to be youtuber but yeah. the thing with youtube and instagram and uh, tiktok is that for you i mean there's there at the end of the day we only hear about the most popular ones but there yeah. for every popular one there's probably thousands of people in line trying to take you know get their youtube channel off or get their uh tiktok account off you know so that it becomes mm-hmm. viral yeah right so it's, it's it's really hard because yeah. it's such a creative thing for you to highlight oh what exactly does my audience want it's, it's, it is a process right yeah. but at the end of the day even for those people who are just trying that just goes to show for people it's important to even do that right yeah. i mean 
for us, I feel like for me, when I do the podcast, I mean, I don't know whether this will become a career or not. But what yeah. I do know is that when I sit down and I think about these topics and the conversations are and I have, they're just so interesting because they are, we're going through a gamut of topics from like mm-hmm. politics to economics to cultural to social to the randomest shit, mm-hmm. honestly. And those conversations really stir your mind. And yeah. Somehow it like squeezes the juice out of my brain, oh, yeah, and, for sure. <laughs> and and I think I'd like I'd like to believe that it makes me more creative and more productive in my own job, like mm-hmm. my actual like day job. Value to your life more than what you are doing every day, on, yeah, on a scheduled basis. And I think one positivity from this is like as much as it can cause a lot of mental health issues, as much as it can as much as like these videos can take up a lot of your time, scrolling and you're wasting time, blah blah blah. I feel like there's been new career opportunities created yeah. because of these. Yeah. It's like now there's courses out there for digital marketing, for data analysis that you can just take instead of going to un- the traditional university, you can take these courses and you can get the training to get mm-hmm. a well-paying job mm-hmm. that maybe helps influencers, maybe helps new new social media uh, people kind of fill, like, manage their accounts and so they can make a brand out of it. So there's so many jobs that have been created, I feel uh-huh. like, that maybe maybe you're not good at studies or whatnot. And so this is a new field for you because you're good at communicating, you're good at organizing, you're good at, like, you have other skills that are valuable. Yeah, better so people I think, skills. I think it's helping people who have felt like they don't have the valuable skills because yeah. they don't fit that mold of, like, good in yep. school. I didn't get an A+, but, like, now I can use the skills that I have been born with, blessed with, that I've nurtured and grown for something else. And at the end of the day, I mean, mm-hmm. sure, these, think about a YouTube YouTube star, right? I mean, they might not be employing like thousands of people that, that mm-hmm. a full-fledged business does, but they're still employing people and they're generating income and then they're using their income to actually inject it back into the economy in terms of the the purchases they're making, right? So it's actually good for the economy, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we are truly like, you know, now it's like for kids, the option is not just, oh, what if I grow up, what do I want to be? A, mm-hmm. a lawyer, uh, an astronaut, a doctor, or TikToker, or YouTuber, yeah, exactly. or an influencer, yeah. right? And like, you know, I actually had this worry, and I think I told you, like, are we going to have enough doctors in the future? Yeah. Are we going to have enough lawyers in the future? And that was a stupid question for me to ask, because of course we are. I, don't, now... I do not think that was a stupid <laughs> question, because I do think that a lot of people actually think that, because there's mm-hmm. some, people, some people have heard say, like, they're worried, like, you know, what are kids going to be when they grow up? Mm-hmm. But... Drawing back to your point that you just said, like, say out of 10 people, five people ace their grade enough to become a doctor. And then mm-hmm. the other five, 10 years ago, would feel like, oh, we're not that great. So, you know, we will try other professions. Mm-hmm. But now they know that, oh, maybe these other five people, they were, they were creative or they had good people skills or yeah. they had, uh, they were just good, good at understanding what people kind of want. Yeah. So now out of these five, maybe two can become a YouTube star or yeah. one, right? Yeah. And but then even you have that higher quality doctors who really want to be there and who have really the skill to be a doctor. Yeah. And the other so, be successful. Yeah, and then that one YouTube star is probably going to inspire other people to unleash their creativity, mm-hmm. their creative potential. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I mean, one can't really argue whether it's right or wrong and yeah. worry. I think this truly are times that we have not, like, no other generation has gone through this, right? So yeah. we don't know what's to come. Yeah. We can only take it and be like, okay, you know, these things are popping up. Mm-hmm. How can we use it to our best potential, yeah, right? I agree. And like, similarly how maybe many baby boomers in Generation X look down on millennials as like, oh, they're lazy. They want everything handed to them on a silver platter. And maybe us millennials, we might have thought that all oh, these Gen Z people are obsessed with their phones. Like who makes TikTok videos yeah. for for a career? And maybe Generation just, Z yeah. will judge Generation <laughs> Alpha exactly, that right? you're all are already yeah, on your but iPads. The truth is like what we can do to help each other is 
just guide each other with the lessons that we've learned due to age and experience. Yeah. For example, with Instagram, many influencers they buy followers and then they influ and then they influence others to buy products yeah. that are harmful. Yeah. So in that way, we can use our techno technology skills, our science skills, and everything that we've the trad traditional skills to maybe to filter out and put more information out there about yeah. what's not what's to not create, safe, what's yeah. not healthy, to, and to create to, bots who kind of can detect me, me exactly. like you know when it's fake yeah. followers. Exactly. And yeah, that's just similarly like with TikTok videos and. And people are doing crazy stuff on there too, like moderation, this. So like we can all help each other and work around the new environment yeah. that we've created yeah. because of the different generations we've grown up yeah. in. And like the beauty of it is like now integrating generations, right? Yeah. Like a doctor, a lawyer can really benefit from having a social media page, from having, um, from using different technologies that are coming up to like yeah. make their products more efficient through data collection and this and that. So I think, and even like doctors, they're, they're able to do like online diagnosing now, whereas can do online consulting yeah. and all that. So it's like, it really helps people who maybe didn't have access to it to get it through these new technologies and social media availabilities that are there, right? I think at the end of the day, also a lot of... The, the way people see that way through YouTube and Instagram and TikTok, you can directly connect to the people and to the audience, yeah. right? That has truly given all these professionals like doctors and lawyers and all to understand that, hey, we can actually directly connect to our patients mm -hmm. and, you know, create, like actually end up seeing more patients. Say, for example, now there are all these like health apps like Babylon Health mm -hmm. or Telehealth, right? Yeah. Where, you know, you can actually see a doctor by video calling, which in during this coronavirus outbreak is yeah. a great thing. Cause exactly. Because you Maybe. don't always want to go into an environment where there's lots of people. Which is like hospitals or yeah. clinics, right? Mm -hmm. So in a way, using like social media options and uh, I think looking at how YouTube and TikTok and Instagram work, now doctors are like, you know what, we can directly connect to our uh, um, patients. And the app makes it more accessible for people to not actually go to the clinic. Yeah. So it means that you're also seeing more patients, so probably making more money. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's benefits and then the drawbacks are obviously there, but those just challenges that I think yeah. we're gonna have to overcome as generations together. Yeah. So yeah, I think we've all grown up in different generations and there's different circumstances that have caused us to react a certain way to the environment, to cause us to make decisions that we make. Yeah. And even now, living in different parts of the world, the same generation makes different decisions based on their environment. But the thing here is that, like with the rise of TikTok and obviously YouTube, Instagram, and this and that, I think it's been mostly beneficial. But obviously there's so many there's drawbacks and challenges that we need to work on. Yeah, like, you know, it's for all those thousands of people who are trying to take off on these social media platforms, it's also a lot of, it gives them a lot more anxiety, a lot more yeah, mental health issues. Sure. I mean but that that is no, there's going to be a trade-off for anything at yeah. the end of the world day, yeah. right? So we got to battle them or we're going to overcome them together mm -hmm. and reap the benefits of these new changes as opposed to seeing them as like yeah. um, anti-something. Yeah. Because there's always going to be technological advancements yeah. and social media yeah. might seem might not seem like an advancement just because you're it's something from a different generation yeah. something that's kind of looks vain from the outside but there's huge benefits. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So I think generations are just going to get better and better learn from each other it's gonna be great yeah and i'm really really excited for tiktok <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, I know people, people always say like the younger kids are like oh these older people are coming and ruining tiktok for us the way that we say our parents were in facebook yeah. so i'm excited <laughs> to do a little ruining and damage today we're not that much older <laughs> we're coming That's like two, three years old different but okay yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah. Fun. yeah yeah thanks for listening to our episode guys bye-bye yeah.